0: Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hurts, and Today, we are going through our usual 10 questions episode, but Super Bowl edition, everybody. I hope you had a fantastic last two weeks. It's been a while without ball, but we still have plenty to talk about, plenty of prop bets and plenty of game action to get into. So I have a very special guest to help me accomplish this goal. That is co-host, the PFF Forecast VP of Research and Development here at PFF, Mr. Eric Eager. You can follow him on Twitter, at PFF Eric. Eric, thanks for coming on the Fantasy Todd, man.
1: Ian, thanks for having me, man. It's it's amazing. Uh, First season at PFF for, you know, for you guys. And uh, it, it was a strange year, but it's been fun.
0: It has been fun, it has been strange, and here we are in the Super Bowl. It wasn't that long ago that we were wondering if we would even get to week one. We have 19, 21, however many weeks later, we are finally here. So, per usual, we're going to be going through 10 questions with Eric. Again, almost entirely related to the Super Bowl, almost entirely related to prop betting, because who doesn't want to win a little bit of money come Sunday? So, without further ado, let's get after it, everybody. Eric, first question. Patrick Mahomes, passing prop. Pretty freaking ridiculous. I'm seeing it between 325 and 330 yards, depending on the books. I mean, it would make sense if the Chiefs, again, looked, you know, have a pass first strategy through like 50 passes in the first game, even though they were up by two scores most of the time. But I mean, come on, this is such a high total. Do you like the over or under on it?
1: I've taken under on it. I think, you know, it's probably 330 and a half at minus 120, which you probably would find at an offshore as a little bit more value than. 325 and a half at like minus 110 minus 112 which I think you're finding at places like DraftKings. Um, I like under here it's it's pretty correlated with the chief's winning bet in my opinion just because you know there, there are some situations where you know they take their foot off the gas and win the football game pretty handily uh, and he you know doesn't throw for that many yards um, but yeah I mean if we were seeing this this prop in a regular season game it'd be an auto smash on the under. Um, the one thing that you do have to worry about in a game like this one which the public has a ton of say uh, on the prices is if you like under maybe it's not going to go down right like the sharps have already bet the under here um it, it's gonna you're gonna see a decent amount of public money on the over so for a lot of these where you like under maybe wait till game time to bet it
0: makes sense that I'll go against the public there and hey if you guys haven't seen it already you can check out Eric and of George prop bet article on pff.com and you know what it is behind a paywall but we do have a price for you Super Bowl 25 you get 25% off any subscription promo code you can also check out our NFL draft guide which is out with 150 player profiles subscribe to edge or elite to get it again that's promo code Super Bowl 25 go check out those prop bets and check out that NFL draft guide and yeah I mean look Mahomes we know he's perfectly capable going over 325 yards he's done it seven times this year, But you just look at even these past years, I mean, five of 17 games in 2019, six of 18 games in 2018. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go through more bets, but it seems like particularly with the Super Bowl, where everyone just wants to have action on this. You know, if you just want to bet the under on a lot of these, you're probably on the sharp side of things.
1: Yeah, for sure. The public likes betting overs. They like betting on things to happen. Um, <laughs> so obviously something like, you know, no two point conversion, you no know, safety. You're laying a big price with those. Um, but you're still getting value in, in, in most cases. So, uh, but this one's one where, you know, with any yardage thing, you're getting basically the same juice on both sides for most of them. Um, and, and so the unders do have value uh, in most cases.
0: 100%. Now moving on to the running games where I think we could be having a similar conversation here because we got Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire against CH has been getting presumably healthier now having that whole bye week, Tent- tentatively expecting to split work once again. And then we got playoff Lenny who we've seen be the lead back, but Ronald Jones has still been getting, you know, 10, 13 rushes uh, even while playing through that quad injury. And like Clyde Edwards-Alaire could be healthier now on, on this side of things. So two split backfields, Two offenses that we're expecting to pass the ball. Are there any running back props you like the over for here? Or are we pretty much, you know, guessing on a pass first game plan, pounding these unders, if at all?
1: Well, I think again, like if you think, like let's say you have a Tampa Bay futures ticket and you want to hedge, but you don't want to necessarily bet Kansas City, I think a great hedge is Clyde Edwards Hilaire over carries. Uh, seven and a half right now is where that number is on DraftKings, minus 140. I think this is going to be an Edwards Hilaire show. I think he's healthy. Um, there's obviously, you know, Kansas city's not immune to trying to justify the draft pick by playing him a a lot in a big spot. I think Williams is going to be, you know, I'm under on Williams on rushing stuff and and over on Hilaire uh, on rushing stuff. Um, just because I think he's, you know, Edwards Hilaire is going to be the player in the backfield uh, for the chiefs. I'm less sure about Tampa Bay, but I think Lenny, I mean, I think they're just going to ride Lenny, uh, the way that they have, which. Again, if you think the Bucs are going to win this game, uh, maybe it's one of those where you you bet, you know we, we're, let's say you have a Chiefs futures ticket, maybe you want to bet Lenny uh, over carries um, as a hedge instead of betting Tampa Bay uh, fully because there are situations where Tampa is going to try to run too much and fail, in which case, again, you can sort of get a middle here or Tampa Bay wins the football game and they run the ball to Leonard Fournette later in the game, and again, you would win that bet and be able to hedge off the Chiefs' uh, futures. There's also, again, if you have Chiefs' futures, we've seen this song and dance before where Chiefs get you know, get behind, the other team sort of gets into a shell, and, and Chiefs come back and win and cover possibly, uh, and then you get the Leonard Fournette uh, over carries, uh, and as well as your Chiefs win. So the, there, there's a bunch of different tentacles there. I think I'm more certain about the Chiefs' backfield, weirdly, than I am about Tampa Bay's, but uh, I do think Lenny's going to get the the majority of the carries here, even if Ronald Jones is the better running back.
0: It seems like uh, um, Lenny is the favorite to actually lead the game in rushing, which is always a fun prop. And, you know, we've seen a, a PFF move out of great article go up, you know, just talking about how persistent the Bucs can be on running when it is first and 10. Do you think Fournette deserves to be the favorite for that? Or do you actually, do you actually like to value maybe with Claude edwards
1: I, I think the value with Edwards Eller is there. In fact, I, I think one of the bets I did make was Leonard Fournette more than Daryl Williams at minus one fifty nine. I think that has value. But um, as far as for the games concerned, like, there's a chance Edwards Eller has a pretty good football game, even with Tampa Bay's rush defense the way it is, just by volume and just by you know again game script. If Kansas City gets out ahead here. Um, you know, it it might be a, a situation where no one runs the football, and, and it's a scrum for those yards. And Edward Elair probably the most likely of the Chiefs to say bust off a 15 yard run and put himself in, a, in an advantage there.
0: And I feel like we saw over the past two postseason when Damian Williams was healthy, like he would be more of a committee back during the regular season, but they had no qualms about giving him, you know, this 80, 90% snap rate when it was, you know, in playoff mode, obviously Clyde has been banged up, but with that extra week could be healthier and be ready to take on that big role. I like it. All right. Question number three, I don't want to steal George's thunder here. I know he's, you know, prime, Mr. Uh, you know, quarterback in the rushing uh, prop department, but there might be some value in that exact part because tom brady's over under carries rest at two and a half you can get over under 0.5 rushing yards you know with plus 155 value you're just praying he's not ever going to take a kneel also mahomes rushing yards total is at 19 and a half are you interested in any of these because i feel like you know just based on we know what brady sneaks and mahomes foot potentially be a factor there might be some value here
1: you know i do think i like the mahomes rush over um i actually have a ticket at 18 to 1 for him to be the first player to score in this game um Turf toe is one of those, again, where like we talked about this on the live show last last time, but like turf toe is one of those where I think it affects the player more early in the season. Now it's sort of a pain tolerance thing. And, you know, with the amount of man coverage, you know, that that could be run here, the aggressiveness, um, you know, that Tampa runs on the back end, um, as well as, you know, the occupation Uh, of the linebackers david and white on running backs and tight ends specifically travis kelsey i think there's going to be an opening for mahomes to run the football here uh you know with brady like i probably would only go over because it's a plus price and and i don't know if you don't think tampa's going to win you're basically banking on a kneel down at the end of the first half which bruce arians didn't seem to want to do against green bay last week um so to me, I, I'm off Brady's rushing props. I am a little bit on Mahomes' overs uh, rushing, rushing props just because I, I think that the toe will affect him less than people think.
0: Yeah, Mahomes has scored on the ground in four of his uh, seven uh, playoff rushing games. It does seem like that first rushing touchdown prop, and I've just seen it for years. They don't quite bake in the ability for rushing quarterbacks to find their way into the end zone enough. And, you know, we have seen it led to them getting injured, but over the past year, particularly near the goal line, they are more than fine using Mahomes in the read option, speed option type formats of the game for sure. The 55th big game is this weekend. The Celebrate Football finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's right. All it takes for one touchdown to be scored Sunday night and boom your money is doubled sounds like a no-brainer to me download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game that's promo code PFF to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night season finale only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older New Jersey Indiana or Pennsylvania only restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indian 1-800-9-WITH-IT. with it. All right, so... I, You know, you're looking at every single prop looking for value. It's why you're profitable with it. I get it. That makes sense. But it's a Super Bowl, man. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Are there any degenerate special pregame, postgame type props you're looking at? Because for me, like I am pounding that under on a minute, 59 seconds, national anthem. I know my family's going to look at me weird when I had to stop, watch out. But I, I'm living for that moment. I want to get the booty right before the game. Any pregame or postgame props you feel even a little bit good about?
1: Here's what I would say. There was a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay in 1991, 20 years ago. No, 30 years ago right now. No, 20, yeah, 30 years ago now. The the United States was in the Gulf War. People entering the stadium needed to uh, go through metal detectors, all that. And Whitney Houston gave one of the most inspirational national anthems of all time. It was two minutes and 15 seconds. Oof. Well, our country, I can't remember, I haven't gone back as far as 2001, but like 2001, probably the the closest thing to what we're going through now. Our country's gone through a really rough year as far as COVID, as far, you know, all these kinds of things. It's a duet, which again, I don't know, like that adds some, some I think, tail risk to an under here. I, I would go over, if anything, uh, Whitney Houston, the year in, in Tampa is 215. Um, and, and heralded as one of the best anthems of all time, um, I will. I'm just going to bet the over. I, I bet under last year. won one easily. I think under is almost always the right play. This year, I'm going to be a little bit contrarian and bet over on the anthem
0: man if jasmine sullivan does come out trying to pull a whitney that would be deserved uh, you i did not consider the patriotic angle probably as much as i should have so i'll give you that one i do wonder though I mean, we got the co-singer eric church this dude said in an interview like five years ago he didn't even think he had the vocal challenge or the vocal capabilities to take on a challenge like the national anthem i think he speeds it up i think jasmine holds out does a great job comes in at 159 we'll see we'll see eric you, you might you might have your phd there but i don't know i'm feeling good about my uh research of jasmine going at 138 out of 2016 NHL hockey game. Well, uh, we'll see how that happens. Either way, I'm happy to hear that we'll both have our stopwatches out for that one. All right. So, question number five, touched on it a little bit with Patrick Mahomes. But the first touchdown prop is always a lot of fun. We got to kind of look at who's most likely to score from each offense, and also maybe who's most likely to get the ball first. Give me your top two values for who will score the first touchdown of the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, I think I think people like Kelsey. Um, you know, so. I, you know, I, that one's, that one's not a bad one. I have, a, I have some homes at 18 to one um, to ru- run the football. He did it last year. I, I don't think that that's, you know, going to detract or add to it this year, but it certainly is likely. Um, so, you know, the, here's the tricky thing though, if you like a chief and I'm going to sort of answer your question with a different answer, <laughs> I think the first score prop is, is sharper and, and here's, and here's one. The, the Bucks have deferred every single time this year, except for the last two times that they've had a chance to choose whether to defer to receive week 16 or week 17 this year. The Chiefs have deferred every single time they've had a chance. So there's a better than even money chance that Tampa is the, the team with the ball first. Tampa first, first score being a Tampa field goal plus 420 oh. is a is a pretty sharp play. Um, so my – My thought is Tampa scores a field goal first. The first touchdown is is a Chief, and I'm going to go with Kelsey uh, or Mahomes.
0: I love that. Yeah, we, we I talked to my 55 Things About Super Bowl 55 article where on some sites you can actually get who's gonna get the ball first at pretty much even odds at this point. It does seem like almost you know 60, 62% likelihood that Tampa Bay actually ends up with the ball first if their most recent strategy persists. So love that Tampa Bay first field goal plus 425. Everyone go home pound that right now as we're talking about it. So uh, I guess kind of sticking with this idea because if we do think Tampa Bay is gonna have the ball, I think Mike Evans you know deserves to somewhat be uh, considered that guy. Score for a score. Brady loves him inside a ten-yard line, obviously. But in the your aforementioned uh, prop article with uh, George, you guys like him to go under four and a half receptions, even at up to uh, minus one forty-five. So, explain why you think you know the Buccaneers might have a hard time getting Evans going against the Chiefs.
1: Well, the Chiefs are really good at uh, stopping wide receiver play. Um, I think by design, they're second in the NFL in the regular season in least amount of yards uh, allowed to wide receivers. Um, they're third most allowed to tight ends now. Antonio Brown appears to be healthy. Cameron Braith, though, came down with a back injury um, and, and was limited this th- today in practice. So that might hamper things a little bit. But I think with Evans, the Chiefs are going to focus on the most dangerous threat on that team. And I think it's Evans um, and, and sort of work backwards. And so if you like overs for Tampa, think think kind of Godwin, think Great. If you like unders, think about Miller and think about Evans, the more dangerous down the field players. The Chiefs do such a great job of a job of limiting big plays by their opposition. And, and Evans is the big play, the big play guy for Tampa.
0: And we have seen Brady like. If it's tight coverage with Evans, you know, in those games against Marshawn Lattimore and so, you know, Jair Alexander and a couple of those guys, like he's not going to force feed him yeah. the football. It reminds me of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf from 2014 to 2019. Mike Evans only had five games with fewer than five targets in 2020, six games alone. I mean, I understand Jameis Winston erratic guy when well, no one's comparing him to Tom Brady, but Jameis was willing to let Mike go up and get it. With that in mind, are, do you like uh, Chris Goblin potentially going over? We have seen Cole over his reception properties. We have seen Cole Beasley. And Jarvis Landry gets seven catches against this defense over the last two games.
1: Uh, it depends upon the the status of Antonio Brown. I think if Antonio Brown plays, um, there's a little bit less for Godwin at five and a half, especially you know he's had drops, um, you know all all playoffs really. But you're right. I mean the thing about it is Brady throws to the receiver that's that that the other team gives him. That's why James White was great, you know, for all those years. That's why you've seen emergences of Edelman. You've seen. You know, Dion Branch, David Gibbons back in the day, like <laughs> he just makes superstars out of the out of the open player. Um, you know, I, Godwin can be that guy in this week, but I think it's going to be probably more a Cameron Bright thing. Um, Matthew might be the player that plays over the top of Godwin um, more often with Juan Thornhill sort of bracketing now healthy uh, Evans. And then and then you're you're really ho- hoping that, let's say, Legarius Sneed can stop Antonio Brown. Um, and linebackers like Neiman, you know, a weaker group of linebackers stopping the tight end. I think to me that, that trickles down to the Gronk's and, and the Braits of the world public loves Gronk I think Brait might be the one uh, that ends up being the over here in the Tampa Bay passing offense.
0: Hopefully, that back injury is nothing uh, that's going to keep him off the field for sure. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl MVP. Eight of the last 11 have gone to a QB, and the three times that it didn't happen, low scoring affairs, and the Seahawks just blowing the Broncos out of the freaking water. And, uh, you know, just not even keeping that one close. So, would you recommend betters? Don't even mess around with the money line. Just bet Mahomes MVP or Brady MVP if you want to go that route? I think that there's evidence that, I mean, if the, if the Bucs win this
1: game, is there any way Brady doesn't get MVP?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Like I, I just, <laughs> It's really hard. And last year, one of the things, I was on Kansas City, but I did bet a decent amount Garoppolo MVP. And we all know like it, that game, the way that it played out last year, Garoppolo is the MVP yeah. if, if the Niners win the game. Like the, the NFL is a weird thing now in the sense that to win this football game, if there's any competence at all in both offenses – the, the winning team is going to have to perform well on that side of the ball. And it's it's almost impossible to perform that way on that side of the ball if your quarterback plays poorly. And if your quarterback plays well, he's going to end up with numbers that compare to old MVPs of this game, right? Troy Aikman in 92, right? Like Steve, like all you know, passing numbers are so inflated that even an average game, like we saw from Mahomes last year, two interceptions, but three total touchdowns, like that's a day, that's a, that's a walk in the park for Mahomes, but it's an MVP year relative to the other 54 Super Bowls. So the, you know, we talk about back then, you know, the, the Seahawks, like, I think that that's a longer way ago, but like 2015, you know, one of those offenses just didn't belong in that game, right? 10%, uh and 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 even though they want, they had to use their defense to win that game uh, in Denver. So th- that that's kind of where I'm going. Like, you know, Mahomes at minus one twenty is a pretty good bet if you like the Chiefs because you're laying 40, 49, fewer cents uh, than what you would if you were Kansas City. And again, you look at that and say, okay, where where's the games where Mahomes plays like crap and the defense, you know, uh, rescues him? I don't think that that's that big of a, a of a sample of games given the quarterback on the other side is Brady.
0: Yeah, and I mean, looking at Brady, only two, he has, you know, won two Super Bowls where he hasn't been MVP. And that was that Rams debacle, you know, 262 yards, no touchdowns. And then also, in, uh, he went 236 yards and two touchdowns in their third Super Bowl win where, you know, Deion Branch. I mean, even him, you know, we've replayed that game in 2020. Like, Brady could have easily walked away yeah. with the MVP award. So, yeah, man, I mean, Damian Williams did everything he needed to last year and just didn't get it. And then to your if point, you
1: a, yeah. If you had a Damian Williams ticket last year, you should have been upset. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Everything went wrong that needed to go wrong for Mahomes to not win the MVP, and he still won it. I'm with you. does look the guy keeps the guy puts up huge, big enough numbers. Yeah, 120. Patrick Mahomes, screw that three points. Go ahead and go with the Super Bowl MVP odds for sure. All first-time depositors on Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 in their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just 20 bucks, and you'll get the opportunity to turn that $20 into even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games on one of the fastest-growing fantasy sports sites in the USA and Monkey Knife Fight. Go to Monkey Knife Fight and deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today to receive your free PFF Edge annual subscription. All right. So we talked about the ways in which the Chiefs might try to defend Evans, how that, you know, could lead to a bigger game for some of these uh, other receivers. Now, do you see the Buccaneers making any wholesale adjustments after just getting freaking blown out the stadium by Tyree Kill in that first quarter? And if so, do you like any you know corresponding props for Travis Kelsey or another receiver?
1: Yeah, I mean the the reports are that Levante David is going to cover Kelsey. Now David's been s- slowed by hamstring injuries over the past week. Um he's also graded just a 42 when covering tight ends versus a 91.7 when covering running backs. Um, I think Kelsey's presence makes everybody on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense worse. Um, So, you know, I, you know, Kelsey's at eight and a half right now. So that's a really tough one. I would more or less, I bet him at 13 to one to win MVP, you know, just kind of on our last discussion. It's like, you know, that, I think that that's a good enough number. Um, But you know, I I think Kelsey, you know, his over right now, you're eight and a half catches. I think it was plus money the last time I looked. That's a steep climb, but it might be the climb that the Chiefs need. Yeah. Uh, it might just be too big of a price for me. Um, but if you like him over, I think you have to bet it now because you know, people are just gonna continue to gravitate towards the star players, uh, you know, over. Uh, it seems to be the public public lean there. Um, you know, the Bucks I think should play the exact same defense as they had they did last game. Um, in which case Hill would, would probably do pretty well, but they're not going to, I don't think. I think they're going to uh, divert a lot of attention to Hill, so then, you know, props I like are Byron Pringle. I think Byron Pringle's first catch over prop is six and a half yards. I think that's a gimme uh, if he does catch a ball, and if he doesn't catch a ball, it's a void. So that, that's kind of where I'm going uh, outside of Kelsey and Hill.
0: Arm Pringle over six and a half first catch. I love it. That is a true Gen value one. And yeah, with Kelsey, I mean, even if you like, you know, even if you want to go with that eight, eight and a half and you know, they do change their strategy and devote more attention to him. Like, I'm just not even sure there's an answer for him at this point, particularly not with a linebacker guarding him. He is our fifth highest graded uh, P- uh receiver against single coverage over the past three seasons and nobody's been better against zone. I mean, it'd be one thing if in that first matchup, if you know, Tyreek went nuts, but they at least like held everyone else down, like Kelsey caught all eight of his targets for 82 yards so even if like it's almost i almost wonder if maybe tampa bay didn't really have that bad of a strategy the first time they wanted mahomes to try to try to make these tough throws downfield And unfortunately he did maybe they had the most right strategy you can't have against the chiefs the first time but because it didn't work out they might actually go that you know death by a thousand paper paper cuts which as we saw the bills try to do might not even work out might could work out even worse
1: yeah, I think that that's really the problem when you talk about bias-variance trade-off. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is if the Bucks are going to play less aggressively in coverage, it's against what they're normally used to. So will they even be better? They won't be better at it than they normally are. So you're increasing variance. But the Chiefs are actually better at playing offense against soft coverage now. So you, you're you making yourself worse by by trying to enhance variance. And in many cases, like that's just, I think it's a bad strategy against the Chiefs. If, if your basic strategy is to play soft, then that's fine. But I think to beat the Kansas City, you have to do what you're the best at well.
0: I forget if it was was you or George that told me this, but, you know, we were talking about kind of quarterback arm velocity, how hard they can throw the ball. And one of you brought up that, yeah, we know Mahomes can freaking throw the ball out of the stadium, but apparently just with some of the ball tracking, when he throws intermediate, like he actually has one of the softest and lowest velocities because he's so good at, you know, taking what the defense gives him now. And it truly just, again, makes this Chiefs offense. I I don't even know where to begin to stop him. And the fact that, you know, maybe just one, you know, one tip bay potentially did have a good strategy. It still can go downhill that fast absolutely madness I'm happy I do not have to try to figure out how to do that uh full-time for sure Eric great stuff you know Real life props, you've nailed it. A lot, of, a lot of good actionable things there. Now, I want to give you a fun, made up scenario because one thing I love on NFL Twitter is imagining all 32 head coaches battle royale. Who's the last man standing? Again, usually Mike Frable and now Dan Campbell are considered the favorites. Let's just do a one on one situation here. Andy Reid, Bruce Arians, you know, players just, you know, form a circle. They make sure no one can get in between them. Middle, middle of the field, Andy Reid versus Bruce Arians, no holds barred. Who should be the favorite and why?
1: Well, I think we've seen this fight before, haven't we? Uh, in um, in Family Guy, you know, when Bruce Arians would wear that, like, pointed mask, he kind of looked like the chicken in that show, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then Andy Reid, obviously playing the role of Peter Griffin, uh, and those sort of, like, ended, what was those, a push, probably, both of those? Like
0: three in a row, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say... I think – so here's 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 a sneaky – here's a sneaky opinion that might not be popular. Ooh. Arians is a cool guy. I think that coolness is sort of masking some – you know, the fact that, like, you know, he might not be as, like, crazy as you need to be to win a fight against somebody like Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a former lineman at BYU. Um, you know, he – I, I – I, I want to say that Arians wears the fedora and the glasses, and and he gets along with his players. You know, it, as sort of a, a as as a as a means by which to gener- to get, you know, people to have his back in a situation like this. If he has to go mono a mono with Reed, I'm going to go with Reed.
0: I love it. I had Reed minus 125 just for the size of honestly. 6'3, 265 pounds per Wikipedia. Bruce Arians, 5'10, 26 pounds. But I love the lineman point. We're talking about lineman versus quarterback. I mean, come on. We just you got to take the big ugly up front. I love it. Give me Andy Reed as well. Eric, last question. Short and sweet. Exact final score prediction. 38-24. Chiefs, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. Kansas Boom.
0: City. I love it. Yeah, I will also be laying that Chiefs minus three. I got 31-21, one point off last year. We'll see. You both expecting a double-digit win. That's gonna do it, everybody. Thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, uh, please follow Eric on Twitter. You're gonna find some. Good, you're gonna find some interesting stuff, some articles, some funny stuff. Truly love Eric's game by game tweets as we get through Sundays. Follow him at PFF underscore Eric. Eric, anything you want to pimp out before we get out of here?
1: I had a fun article about Shaq Barrett as he goes up against the Chiefs' O line this week. Um, it'll be a, an interesting case study in, um, you know, what the Super Bowl does to somebody's free agency stock. Um, but yeah, other than that, as you said, just follow me on Twitter. I think hopefully, hopefully, I'll be sober enough to, to tweet during this game. Um, but it, but if not, uh, I'll probably take my own Twitter away. Uh, this is funny, and I we haven't uh, done this podcast before, and I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, brother. Thanks for coming on. And I, I really wish like we could have like an extra little thing added to in-game tweets because like we want to throw around crazy opinions in game after having 10 drinks or so. And you know what? I don't want to be held to those on, you know, Monday or Tuesday morning when I'm sober, but that's something we'll try to figure out for another day. Again, follow Eric on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric and check out the PFF forecast. If you have not already, obviously one of our great podcasts under the PFF network umbrella. He's Eric. I'm Ian. This has been the PFF Fantasy Football Pack- Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody. We'll